Okay, let's see how it goes with the uh, with the sound. Uh -huh. So today is Sri Krishna Janmashtami, at least where we are. I know some of you are in other parts of the world, and it may be uh, uh, yesterday or whatever it is, but. That really is only a technicality because it just continues. Really, it's like sometimes we celebrate Janmashtami, the appearance day of Lord Krishna, for an entire week, and why not so? Yeah. Uh, here it will be uh, again on Sunday uh, because you know not everyone can make it on on Friday, but our our Zoom is going on, and here it is today. Um, this morning, I did a full uh, 3D uh, presentation on uh, the life and the pastimes of Krishna. I did all the dramatic effects. I did Kamsa. I did, uh, I, you know, and I did Devaki's prayers and Vasudev and <coughs> name it. So that's exactly what I'm not going to do tonight. <laughs> so the question is, what does it leave me with? Right? Uh, it's sort of like I took all the cream and the cake this morning, and now, uh, now I'm supposed to make it into a celebration. Um, but what I was thinking is, this evening, I'm going to speak on what Jamastami means for me personally. Now, the thing is this, I have not prepared this and I did not write down before uh, some notes of what Jamastami means for me means for me personally. So I have no idea where this talk is gonna go uh, because I'm going to explore now what Jamastami means for me personally and, uh, and see where that takes us. Janma Astami, Janma, taken birth. Oh, I'm speaking English, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the whole day, so many languages. Janma means birth, and, uh, and Astami means the eighth day. So Krishna appeared on the eighth day of the waning moon, but at the time, somehow or other, the moon acted as if it was a full moon, and it showed the full moon. So this is Janmastami in terms of its time, 
and we celebrate every year the same astrological constellation. So right now, the stars are sort of at least more or less, not exactly the same like it was when Krishna was there because that was extraordinary. But still, uh, in, in, in a larger sense, the main stars are in the same position. So, Jamastami, the appearance of Krishna, for me, means that I'm, I'm looking at the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who uh, somehow or other appeared on this planet to perform transcendental pastimes. Obviously, that uh, is his causeless mercy. He had absolutely no obligation to do anything like that. And oh, and it all and it uh, it makes all the difference for me. I recall that I, as I was younger, and I was searching, um, and I often thought that I I I have been born in a world that I didn't ask for. I, I have a strong feeling, you know, a world that I didn't ask for. I said, here's this whole world and so many things are going on that I never asked for. And um, I was just wondering about it, uh, what to do with all of this. Um, and in a sense, I had a desire to get out. And I distinctly, uh, my parents, they had rather high, a high hedge, you know, uh, around the garden. And I was sitting next to this hedge and I was just feeling like I'm caught here, you know. I'm, I'm just caught here. And somehow or other, I got this image. I'm like a fish in an aquarium, you know. And I want to get out of this aquarium. So anyway, whatever that, that was, uh, I, I was having thoughts like that of wanting to get out of the situation, but there was no way out. That I had realized for a long time, but still I had some faith that there would be. I wrote a song and the song was, I'm nothing but a stranger always around. I'm nothing but a seeker for what I've never found. I'm nothing but a stranger meant that I was in so many situations, but I didn't really have a full sense of belonging. I was just there, but, you know, because just happened to be there. But it didn't feel like this is my thing, really. This is where I really belong. No, I felt like a stranger. And I'm nothing but a seeker for what I've never found. So that's how it started, looking for something. And, and of course, when it came to Krishna, and Krishna's entire life and Krishna's time spent on earth, uh, it definitely was, uh, was very colorful to begin with. It was quite full of all kinds of messages that I could see. And that was interesting. Uh, that was interesting. So I, I did look at... at uh, at the life and pastimes of Krishna. 
And that, uh, I remember I was in India in the city of Benares. And there in Benares, there is a university. It's a very famous university, the Benares Hindu University, old university, and uh, quite beautiful uh, campus, you know, like uh, a large campus with uh, big gardens and trees and so on. And there was also a museum. And in this museum, there were all these paintings. And at the time, I was just looking at Indian art, you know. Uh, now I realized that they were all Krishna paintings. <laughs> just like, you know, 90% were Krishna paintings. A few moguls, you know, on some elephants, but otherwise <laughs> it was just all Krishna. So that was actually very, uh, I saw so many things. And actually, I can still visualize some of these things. They're still in my memories. I remember distinctly that. Bakatasura was there, right? Uh, a demon which sometimes described like a duck, sometimes described like a crane, but with its beak, a huge crane, which tried to swallow Krishna. Of course, Krishna, it was hard to digest, but uh, I remember that painting and seeing that huge beak and so on. And in this way, uh, somehow or other, I saw different pastimes of Krishna. At the time, I didn't think so much about that. I just thought Indian art and, you know, uh, something uh, religious Indian art, because after all, that, that was India. That was the miracle of India, that India was so religious. Something like we had in the Middle Ages, you know, like uh, just just religion, just so much part of, of society at large, almost medieval. And then suddenly I see this ox cart walking, uh, passing by, an ox pulling a wooden cart and it had a wheel, a whole wheel like a tabletop, you know, directly from a painting from Bloho, you know, from, yeah, like, going back there into history and, and it was still alive and that was India um, yes there were there were so many temples and so many deities it was a little confusing all the different deities they were worshipping initially um, I just walked into a Ram temple and that sort of was my first temple became my temple so for a long time my deity was Ram and I even chanted for some years, Siriram Jairam Jai Jairam, 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 every day. Also music, Siriram Jairam Jai Jairam, on the guitar, you know, what to do. That was called Sri Ram Jai Ram in the city. Um, but that spiritual culture was, was very nice. And some or other, Ram was the first deity that sort of I connected with. Now I see that all differently. Now I see 
see that as connecting from a previous life. Now I understand I had a previous connection. And so I did not go for the Shiva temple. It did not draw me in. I did not go for a Durga temple. It did not draw me in or all these other demigods. But Ram, he drew me in. A manifestation of the Supreme Lord. He drew me in. But of course, Ram is not Krishna. Because Ram is the Supreme Lord who comes in this world to give the perfect example of Dharma, of prescribed behavior according to scripture. Ram 100% follows the principles of Dharma and is this in this way an exemplary teacher for humanity. Krishna is different. Krishna, he steals. That's not exemplary. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what he does. Yes, Krishna. He goes with others' wives. Wait a minute. Hey. <laughs> that goes too far. For us it does, but not for Krishna. Right? So it took a while to penetrate. It took a while to understand. First, the Bhagavad Gita. I got it uh, from the bookshelf of a friend. I said, can I borrow that book? He said, yeah, you can have it. I never read it. <laughs> so I took it. And I was just on the way to India. I thought a good book to read when I go to India again. And in India, I started reading. And uh, yeah, in those days, I was still smoking cigarettes, what to do. And I was blowing smoke rings to smoke rings. It's quite expert. <laughs> and <laughs> smudging the paste pages with ashes. <laughs> and while thinking, I know all this. Because I'd been in India. And I'd seen things in India. I had seen the Bhagavad Gita in India. In, not as the book, but on the street. Because I had seen a dead body on the street. And I had seen people walking past and throwing coins on that dead body. I looked at shocked. They were, and then I recognized the body. An old man who was a beggar, I'd seen him the day before, clearly died during the night. In the morning, they were all throwing coins on the body. I said, this is something. He was a beggar. And now they're burying him in money. <laughs> so, something far up. And then the next thing that happened was that, you know, I asked somebody, he said, what's going on here? He said, this man, he has just left his body. And now he is floating above his body. He is trying to get back into his body. He can hear us, but we cannot hear him. And he cannot go back. And now he's trying to go back, but he has to stop doing that. He has to move on to his next destination. Now, we are, since he was a beggar, had no money. We're all giving some money to buy firewood so that they can burn his body so that he's forced to go on to the next destination. I thought, wow. If they would have given him the money yesterday, he might be still alive. <laughs> so it definitely blew my mind. 
This whole culture of the Bhagavad Gita, this culture of you're not this body, this culture of your eternal spirit soul. This is what which is what Krishna told Arjuna. Here's Arjuna. Arjuna is finding that there is a war coming up and his family members are on both sides. That's not a good thing. You know, so Arjuna was really in a bad, uh, bad way and totally bewildered. Then he, he starts to uh, complain and lament. And then Krishna begins to instruct him. And Krishna says immediately um, that he reminds him of the eternal soul and so on. So, yeah, here it was on the street, Bhagavad Gita on the street. I saw it in real life. So later when I read the book, I thought, yeah, I know all that. But now I'm not smoking anymore. But and now I'm not so sure if I know all that. Uh, now, but but whatever I know of it, that I appreciate uh, because the fact to thoroughly remember that we are not the body. Uh, that I got from Krishna. That was something from Krishna and his devotees. They made that clear. You cannot separate Krishna from his devotees. Okay? So when Krishna appears, he appears with his devotees. And he appears in the midst of his devotees. Krishna comes to reclaim his devotees. It says... So Krishna particularly came to reciprocate with his devotees. Krita Punja Punja. How can we imagine what amazing activities these coward boys had performed in their last life that now they were playing with Krishna? Krita Punja Punja. What is their piety? What have they done? Who are they? But for that matter, who's anybody who is connecting to Krishna. Anybody who in his life is connecting to Krishna probably had already connected to Krishna before. Who is who? Who are they? Uh, those kind of thoughts come to me now. Now I understand. Now I understand that we take just like in this body, we are changing bodies from childhood to youth to maturity to old age. And similarly, at the time of death, we're passing on to another body. Now I understand. It's logical. How can one little life be everything? If I have to experience everything in one little life, then I'll never be finished. Every day, I'm missing out on so many things. Every day, by making choices, I have to make choices. You also hate making choices. Because when you choose one thing, it means you don't get the other. Right? Yes. Choose one. Can't I choose them all? Can't I choose everything? Why have to choose one? I want all. Yeah. So, but if there are many lives, no anxiety. One life means anxiety. I have, to, I have to try and squeeze it all in. There's no time, no time, no time. 
I'm already seven and I still haven't experienced anything. Seven years, yes. Like that. Always that pressure. Uh, yeah. But now, it's okay. Yes. Once, after many years of travels, I was on a train and this train was driving through my birthplace. So, you know, a little bit uh, nostalgic, you know, like, okay, I'm going to drive to my birthplace. But since it was on the train, I went pretty quick, you know. <laughs> and one minute I was in there, it's not that big a place. The next moment we were out, you know, and go, that's it, you know. But then I was thinking, yeah, but here probably was also my birthplace. Because I've already taken birth unlimited times in so many places in so many places again and again i probably have been taken birth everywhere in every town and village i've already taken birth in every species i've already taken birth there is actually no place that's not my birthplace if i think back of it i, I just forgot i've already been italian i've already been uh, you know i've already been from france uh, that is why uh, it was so easy to learn the, the French uh, language uh, uh, because it is very simple to speak French, you see. I will give you now a French lesson, yes. And the first French lesson is you just have to say, <laughs> you can all just say after me, <laughs> nah, not quite, uh, you have to practice more. Now it's getting better. So uh, when uh, you speak uh, French, uh, you have to uh, naturally uh, use uh, the uh. It is a very important. Uh, otherwise, uh, you cannot really speak uh, French. <laughs> First lesson in French, you see. Yes, uh, I'm good at languages. Anyway, so, uh, yes, we learn so many things in the world, but there's also so many things we don't learn, and you have to cho choose a profession. I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I have no idea. Anyway, you choose something, and then later you think, yeah, I should have become a painter. Right? <laughs> And then you're a painter, and the painters say, no, no, whatever, you should never become a painter. Don't become a painter. Uh, you know, yeah. So uh, the grass is always greener on the other side. And actually, we don't miss out anything. We don't miss out anything. Because it's always happening everywhere. It's not just it's happening here, it's not happening there. It's happening everywhere. Because that is actually the vision of the Gita. Uh, the vision of the Gita is Krishna is all-pervading. Today, we're speaking about the appearance of Krishna, but we learn in Bhagavatam, everything, the birth of everything starts with Krishna. So everything, in a sense, takes birth. Once upon a time, this speaker did not exist. But then it was born in some factory. 
in China probably. <laughs> probably it's a Chinese thing. And uh, and then it uh, it's still alive, but it's getting older now. It's not in its youth anymore. Uh, so it's the same. Everything comes into being. Everything is growing. Everything is flourishing. Everything is giving off some byproducts, and everything starts to dwindle. And then everyone or everything ceases to exist. That's it. That's material nature. And Krishna is the origin of everything. So now I see that. So now I see everything is connected with Krishna. Now I see every place is connected with Krishna. Every situation is connected with Krishna. Krishna appeared everywhere. Yeah. Previously, I could not see. So Srila Prabhupada, he wrote a book called the Krishna book about Krishna's life. Um, somehow or other, I got the Bhagavad Gita, and then I also got that book. Um, I can't remember how, but I had it. But I found that hard to read because every third line, there was the Supreme Personality of God. <laughs> 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 That's like, I don't mind once on a page, but every three lines, it was a bit much for me at the time. My mind was objective. Then another reason I didn't like that book because it's, you know, Krishna would come and there was a demon and then Krishna would just smash the demon and one, two, three, demon dead. Like, you know, this book doesn't have a plot, you know. <laughs> I wanted a book where you look at the last page, you know, to who's done it, you know, you can't tolerate it any longer. I can have to look at the last page, otherwise you can't sleep, you know. Right. So I was used to those kind of books. Uh, but then, of course, I have a story. One day, um, I came to a temple and a devotee told me, read this magazine. So I took it, you know, and I was reading this magazine. And he, and after some time, I, I saw him again and he said, just keep on reading this magazine. So I kept on reading the magazine. And I was reading the magazine the whole day. The same magazine. So I read all the articles again and again. And the interesting thing was, I discovered new things each time. And it was really a revelation because I realized these stories of Krishna are not about, is there something new? But it's about going in depth, going deeper and exploring them in a deeper way. And as we are exploring in a deeper way, things changed. Now, I know a lot about Krishna. I was... Uh, that adjustment was a good adjustment. <clears throat> uh, you want the key, yeah? Uh, there was a... Uh, Yeah, I was in a uh, music workshop with a musician and he wanted to play ragas and we played ragas and uh, then he wanted to play mantras and then he started to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. 
in those days, it was for me just a mantra, a spiritual sound. I didn't really have any idea about Krishna. I didn't know much about Krishna. I didn't think much about Krishna. Uh, now, I've heard so much about Krishna. Now, when you say Krishna, I know so much. So this is Krishna consciousness. This is what we hear about Krishna, about Krishna's qualities, about his nature, how he is kind, how he is noble, how he is ultimately uh, the well-wisher of all living beings. And then we begin to appreciate all that and see how he is actually acting and doing it. And then Krishna becomes interesting to us. I realized it's not just the glitter Krishna may be extremely powerful. He lifts a small mountain, practically. He lifts on his little finger of his left hand. I mean, that's impressive for seven days, like an umbrella. Definitely playful and powerful. But that was not all. Um, that is not all. What is really behind it all is that Krishna did that to protect the residents of Vrindavan. And as he is protecting the residents of Vrindavan from uh, a terrible, terrible deluge, right, which is sent by angry Indra, um, Krishna saves his devotees. And it shows that Krishna has a heart. Now, that's the point where he gets me, right? That, you know, the Lord has a heart, he is, he cares. That makes him uh, attractive on another level. Then it's no, not just, wow, miracles, wow, amazing, oh, so beautiful, oh, no, but he has a heart. And it's the heart with, filled with love and compassion that drives all these activities and drives everything he does. Then it gains more depth and more meaning to me, see? Now I become really attracted to it. Now I find, yes, this is for me. Um, because uh, when you don't live a life according to the heart, what are you? Are you even living? When you don't live a life according to the heart, are you living or are you living dead? Uh, the heart has to be in it. And it has to be, you have to express yourself. You have to, to taste, you have to experience what you, what you, what you really relish. Right. Otherwise, and here's Krishna. And he puts his heart into it because, you know, once your whole heart, all heart by yourself is hard. Right? Uh, it's like, Heart means relationships. It's about relationships. Oh, heart by yourself. Oh, heart by yourself gets dry. You know, I feel so good to be alone. Yeah, I feel so good to be on my own. But that sort of thing comes uh, from from having been burnt. Right. I mean, you know, it's good to be alone after you've been sort of. Uh, well, when people took too much of you, then it's nice to be alone. But after a while, alone, little, uh, 
you have these uh there is, is a movie called il grande silencio and it is about a monastery a cartesian monastery i assume uh, i'm not sure but i think so because they're keeping a vow of silence and generally that's what they do in cartesian uh monasteries and just the movie is like two and a half hours very long and you can find it on the internet if you want you've done the silencio and you just hear floorboards squeaking or a door <laughs> boom boom you know some shuffling some this and there's no talking nothing and they don't speak i did catch one of them in the kitchen he was talking to a cat <laughs> and that one i he was human i liked it you know look he's talking to the cat right he has to talk to someone it's just like you know uh, there are many jokes about cartusians and you know there's this joke about uh um a uh a cartesian monk who uh, i forgot the english word for it actually but who learned to speak uh without moving his lips huh yeah that's italian thank you uh, it's okay it's okay just just english please <laughs> somebody from english <laughs> not someone from italy that's too much yeah uh, but something like that whatever it is i know you're right but the accent is too much you're right but i can't have an italian accent and translate it into english it's a ventriloquist okay. ventriloquist thank you now you're talking a ventriloquist that's a ventriloquist there you go uh we say uh in in our language, a belly speaker, <laughs> you know, which I think is a lot more, uh, you know, makes a lot more sense, you know, a belly speaker. So if you don't mind, uh, I'll, I'll teach the English a new word, <laughs> belly speaker, you know. And uh, yes, yeah, so it's this comic, and the comic is, said, I have found a way around the vow of silence, a belly speaker. Yes, it's not so easy. I have a whole collection of religious cartoons and there's this monk and he's in a garden and he's cutting the grass and he's cutting on the grass. God, I am bored. <laughs> he writes with the lawnmower. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it makes sense, right? Yes. Sometimes they ask me, you know, what is it like? To be in a Hare Krishna monastery, I say, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but a monastery, it's not. That's for sure. It's uh, it's something extraordinary. Um, but besides, it's full of color, besides all the individuals there and some far out people. Uh, it's uh it's full of color it's all about it's about taste taste is the essence 
It's like in the nature of devotion, in the uh, introduction, Srila Prabhupada is introducing the book, which is all about Krishna. And the first thing he says, nothing moves without taste, right? And there's no taste, I just can't do it no more. Isn't it? I tried, but I got, I know it's time to move on because there's no taste then. We are meant to taste. We are living beings, and as living beings, we're meant to taste. So this is the relationship with Krishna. This is what Krishna came to show. This is the meaning of his birth. He, he came to show taste. He didn't need to kill all kinds of demons because he's the all-powerful Supreme Lord. So he could have just dissolved them, just pop, you know? Whatever, with him to that demon. Oh, oh he just got dissolved. Right? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even have to do something like control all, all delete, and then the demon is deleted, you know? He doesn't have to touch a keyboard. It just his desire is enough, is enough to get things done. So if he wants to get rid of demons, they, they can just disappear. But he deals with these demons in colorful ways. When this Pakatasura, this Pakasura, this crane tried to swallow him, huge crane, Krishna got stuck in his throat. And he became hot, burning in his throat as well. So it became very, very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. You know how it is. When something gets stuck in your throat, you know, I don't know if you ever have that, but I sometimes, yeah, sometimes some things are a bit dry and they just don't want to go down, you know, they need some water to wash it down. Yes. Anyway, he comes up Krishna and Krishna comes out and then Krishna just bifurcates its beak as he's coming out. It's playful. It's it kills a demon, and demon deserved it. But at the same time, he does it in a, in a colorful way. There's taste in the way he does it, in the way he plays with this demon. And uh, yeah, so now I understand. Taste is the essence in life, and now. Krishna comes to display some taste, and then there's unlimited taste in the spiritual world. It's all about taste. Sanskrit ras, it's about ras, mellow tastes. But emotional, emotion it means, emotional exchange. It's about feelings, different feelings. You want to feel something. Okay? When people some people can't feel anything. I mean, they need a psychiatrist. Uh, I mean, psychiatrists, uh, a lot of hard work when you can't feel anymore, uh, that you become damaged, seriously damaged, because by nature, we are meant to, to taste different feelings, different situations. This is what the taste is about. And that is 
what Krishna is about. His appearance is about that. His appearance, his birth, call it a birth, but it's not a birth. His appearance is about that, is about awakening taste in us. This is where we are now. This is uh, what Jamastami means for me. And exploring more and more of that, of Krishna, there's so, there's Krishna's unlimited, so there's no end as to what to explore, but that's not all. It's not just uh, a discovery journey. No, the, the real taste comes in relationship. So to enter into a relationship with Krishna and, and one based on giving, so we give, we give to Krishna, and then Krishna gives so much to us. So Krishna has 10 arms, he gives with 10 arms. That's more than we can receive with two arms. So Krishna gives very generously, and we see Krishna's generosity. And that, of course, purchases us. We become a devotee is purchased by Krishna purchased, captured. The things you've done is conquered by Krishna. And we conquer Krishna. That's it. Oh, yes. You cannot just wait. Okay, Krishna. All right, all right. I'm a, uh, okay. I'm a devotee now, so do it to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. I'm a declaration. I'm a devotee now, so do it to me. No, we have to conquer. I have to conquer him. And some or other attract him. Now, he has everything. So you can't impress him with like, you know, okay, I gave you some money. Okay, you get some money. Very nice. But I gave you everything I have. Oh, no. Now I'm impressed because you made a sacrifice to do that. Now you're trying, you're going out of your way for me and you're making a sacrifice. You're sacrificing your own comfort for my pleasure. Oh, that's a great gift. You know, when a rich man pulls out uh, a hundred euro note and he's got, you know, a hundred billion. What's up? What is it? When a poor man, you know, gives his savings a hundred, then they go, wow, that's that's huge. That's enormous for the rich man. You say, thank you, sir, for the tip. <laughs> yeah. He gave you a tip, you know, that's all. Okay? Thanks for the tip, you know. But when a poor man gives, he's given his, he give, he's given his heart. Otherwise, how could he give, give his savings you gave everything that's it um, someone so that's what purchases krishna that's what captures krishna that's what conquers krishna and when we begin to conquer krishna oh then krishna will conquer us krishna makes the first move he makes the first move but then the reciprocation is supposed to start the next next move you know it's your move Oh, well, 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 I haven't 
move through, just do everything move. Move your hoop. And it's still out. Move. Move. You mean I have to do something? Yes. Yes. Okay. What do you want me to do? What would you like to do? All right, just do something. In the beginning, we don't know what to do. But naturally, we're going to do what we're good at. Yeah. Oh, yes. Some are good. At one thing, some are good at another thing. That will do. Because when we do what we're good at, we naturally uh, like to do it. It's more fun to do something you're good at than try to do something that's impossible. If I, we're here having paintings here on the wall, we're in a museum, and uh, contemporary Indian art. Now, if I would have to paint, I can't. Yeah, I can paint. I can put some paint on a on a painting, but I cannot draw anything. I, I stopped at the level of a six year old. <laughs> I never evolved. I never evolved from there. I got stuck. You know, at, 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 at when it comes to drawing, I'm still on the level of a six year old. Yeah, that's as far as it got. And it can go more more than that. I cannot do. Uh, what to do? Uh, it's like uh, it's not my thing. So it's not my favorite thing, you know. Drawing. I like music better because it's you know I can do a few tricks and people like it also. So that makes it more fun. You know, <laughs> when they look at my painting, they go, okay, "Well, <laughs> you get a special prize." <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> that you never evolved from six years old. Yeah, but I can take part in a competition for six years old and get an encouragement prize. <laughs> That's how it is. Drawing, oh my God. I always hated everything with paint, oh God, with glue. Therefore, kindergarten was the worst time of my life. <laughs> kindergarten was everything I hate, you know. You had to glue, you had to cut things. Of course, never straight. You had to work with clay. Oh God, you know, sticky stuff, clay everywhere. And then it's either too dry or too wet, you know. And you never get it right, you know. Oh God. All these kind of things. Oh gardening is another thing. I'm gonna play, I'm sorry about that, but then I go in a garden, plants that are perfectly healthy. They start to shrivel up <laughs> spontaneously. We had school gardens. Mine was the worst. Oh god! And then you had the hyacinth bulb. I don't know. You get from school, you get a hyacinth bulb, and you got to water it. And and it's a full hyacinth. You got to bring it back, and you got to turn it around because it grows towards the light, right? So you know, mine was always flopped. You know, completely flopped. I mean. It was <laughs> And I never understand plants, you know. When it's not enough water, okay, that, that's after a while they turn yellow, but then it's not enough water. Then you give water, 
But how do you know it's not too much water here? I never figured it out. I just, right. And they just, when they see me, they just, uh, you know, they go yellow. <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask me to take care of plants, please. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so everyone has, has, has their gifts, you know, something. Right? Um, so whatever it is, it's nice to engage our talents and to make the best we can. And that's bhakti, a life of bhakti. In India, one city that is very famous is Jaipur. Right? They, many tourists go to Jaipur, notice the pink city. And Jaipur is beautifully decorated, beautifully decorated, you know, and there's all kinds of things. For example, you have on a wall, you have the head of a cow, and then water comes out of the mouth of the cow. And it's kind of, you know, you wash your hands there, there's a little sort of little uh, reservoir on it to catch the water. It's just a tap, you know, a beautiful carved mouth of a cow. There are nice edges along the, the decorated edges with a pattern along the house. There are little, little shade roofs standing on columns with little domes, beautiful. Just very beautiful architecture. And it's a type of architecture, it's very warm, you know? Like I spent enough time in New York and you also have beautiful architecture there made of steel and glass and light and some, some fountains, but it's cold. It's beautiful, it has a beauty, but it's cold. The Zen temple has a beauty by its emptiness. But it doesn't have warmth. When you go to Jaipur, it's so warm. It's just you see the devotion, you know, you see that like, this has been made with devotion. Mm -hmm. People have been made this with their heart, you know, and they carve it with by hand, too. They carved this stone and made a beautiful column with beautiful designs in it. It's like, wow, this is you know, crap. Someone's been chiseling here. And we, we appreciate the service, that the time and the effort, that's bhakti. Therefore, bhakti, Jaipur is like that because it's a city dedicated to Krishna. The main temple in Jaipur is a Krishna temple and all the people are devotees of Krishna. And therefore it's a city of bhakti and the beauty of Jaipur is the bhakti that's there in the architecture, the devotion. When everything is done with devotion, TV dinner, right? Bing, you know, buy, buy it from the deep freeze and stick it in and it's bing in the microwave. <laughs> Eat it straight from the aluminium foil box that it came in. Yummy, yummy. <laughs> it's different. When someone's been in the kitchen for hours and they really went out of their way to make something special, you go like, wow, um, what's that? Can I have some of that? That one too, yeah. yeah. Tonight. The Mahaprasadam will come out. 
all the things that have been cooked for Krishna will, and that Krishna has tasted will be there for us to taste uh, tonight. So this bhakti is full of taste, it is full of devotion. And there, uh, and when we become part of that, especially when we start giving, it is there where we find the deepest taste in giving. So this is Krishna's appearance, and this is what we see. Krishna come, doesn't come alone. He comes with his devotees. He lives in a community of devotees, and they're all just going out of their way in giving. Uh, Mother Yasoda in Vrindavan, who is Krishna's mother in Vrindavan, she, her, she has a problem. First of all, everyone is saying, oh, you're so lucky. You have such an amazing son. Your son is most wonderful. And of course, she loves him and she's very happy. But, you know, at the same time, at the same time, she is worried. She's very worried. You know, they say the same thing to Nanda Maharaj. His father said, you're so lucky to have such a son. He says, what you mean? Krishna's a problem child. <laughs> He's a problem child. No, you know, this boy is so lusty. It's incredible. We, If you know what we feed him at home, we're cooking it up for every day. It's a feast. But it's never enough for him. Then he goes and eats in the house of the neighbors as well. And after that, still goes stealing. Steals yogurt, butter, sweets. Still steals. I tell you, he's a problem child. Yeah. And we are very worried as parents that when he will grow up, what will he steal then? Now it's just stealing butter yogurt, but later, you know, it's not to become a big thief. We're very worried. He has criminal tendencies. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Whereas we understand Krishna is the supreme proprietor of everything. We are the thieves. We are the thieves. We are taking for ourselves. Everyone in this world is a thief, a stena, it's called. We are thieves. Everyone. This is mine, thief. My body, thief. My clothes, thief. My money, thief. My house, my fence, thief. the house of the thief. Yes, because it belongs to Krishna. It's Krishna's house. It's Krishna's money. It's, it's Krishna's body. It all belongs to him. But we are using it, and from that we give back to him. This is actually the way it is. So this is Jamastami. Um, so as you can see, this is not a Jamastami story lecture, but this is a Jamastami uh, meditation where we are looking at what it means that Krishna appears on this planet and. 
and what's going on in that. What is the deeper meaning of Jamastam? That's what I'm trying to discuss tonight. Uh, the deeper meaning. And now let us give and let us see that everyone and everything belongs to Krishna. Then, and Krishna is the well-wisher of everything, the entire creation. Then we also must be well-wishers of the creation. Because we are his servants, we fulfill his purpose. And in this way, love for Krishna includes love for everything. Automatically, the environment problem solved. Automatically, human, human relationships solved. Automatically, the difficulties that animals go through solved. Even the plants are going to get water. I still don't know how much, you know. <laughs> how do you know how much water a plant needs? I don't get it. And it's not the same. It depends on the weather as well. God, how do people know? I never understand it. And I went to the gardener, actually, and he tried to explain to me. And I said, he said, you just feel the earth. Okay. Feeling the earth. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God. In school, they, they, they gave us this book. I forgot what it's called. But a book through which you could recognize plants. You know, what's that book? What's it called, those books? No, 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 no. It's a special book which you have. And uh, not, that was also not the word for it. Sorry about that. But anyway, we had it and we had, they gave us this book and it started, it was broken up in different types of shapes, you know, so different leaves, different shapes and the categories, right? So you, you stood there at a plant and instead of holding your phone to the plant and an app tells you what plant it is, no, we had that book. And then is what kind of shape is this leaf? And they're like, okay, well, I guess it's this and this shape. Okay, this category. And then in the end, you know, narrow it down and then you come to the plant and then they, they show a picture of the plant. Then I hold my picture next to the plant and I go, <laughs> is this really the same? <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, it looks different actually. It looks similar, but also different. So I never knew. How do I know? <laughs> Oh gosh, you know, and yeah, these people that go in the forest and they pick all these herbs and say, eat this. I go, you eat it first. Plants, complicated things. Anyway, but even, even the plants, right? we become the well-wisher of all living beings, including plants, animals, and and all. How nice. How nice to be part of that. It's, it's nice. I, I like to be part of that. Yes. I like to be a well-wisher. And that's what it, what it means if we get involved with Krishna. If we want to please Krishna, we have to become a well-wisher of all living beings. All right. That's Tamastami for me. Uh, Krishna has changed my life. Changed my life. I didn't grow up a vegetarian. I never really thought about it. You know, never thought of that. It seemed normal. Right. Like, you know, normal. But now it doesn't look so normal anymore. 
well-wisher of all living beings. Bhagavad Gita. How, how noble, how nice. That's what we're meant to be. Finally, my life has a purpose. Krishna's appearance on this planet gave me a purpose. Otherwise, I was lost. What to do? I still always say what to do. But now I know what to do. But in those days, I really didn't know what to do. I had a big problem. I didn't know what to do. What to study? I don't know. I thought about some things and that. So the one reason why I went to India at a young age, because I didn't know what to do. So they let me go to India. And by traveling, I don't have to make any choice. And I traveled for eight years. And I just, after eight years, I realized, now I have to make a choice. Now I've watched eight years, other people's living. I've watched other people's making a life. Now it's time that I make a life. And I, in this way, I chose to be a hard It was a good choice. In the beginning, I had some doubts, though. I was keeping my bag packed and ready to run any moment. So check it out. But if it's too much, I'm going to run. Still here. My bag is still packed, though. <laughs> Okay, so it's not a traditional Dhammasthami lecture, which usually describes the life and pastimes of Krishna, but it's very much a Dhammasthami lecture tonight, and I hope you see it in that light. Um, now I have about 17 minutes left for questions. Question, I have here quite an audience, dear internet people, you cannot see unless someone turns around. The... <laughs> yeah, well, they actually saw each other. <laughs> Amazing. And we're seeing you in the boxes. It's awesome. Yeah. So we're very happy that you're with us on this Janmashtami day. The appearance of Krishna makes all the difference in our life. The appearance of Krishna has given us meaning. The appearance of Krishna. Now I'm taking questions and here on the internet there are two hands up. So I take two questions from the internet and then I take two questions from the devotees here. Okay, so box number one. <laughs> you can unmute and you can say it loud and clear. I hope we hear something. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. I hope you can hear. We'll just get, get straight to the point. Don't say thank you and all that. Just tell me. So my humble obeisances. Um, my question is... <laughs> My question is, I always thought Lord Krishna's close friend Arjuna was cowherd boy from Goloka Vrindavan. But when I read Shila Prabhupada's letter, where he said that Arjuna and Kunti Devi are not in Krishna Loka, 
they are eternally associated with Krishna only in the material world. You know, not only in the material world, they are also in the spiritual world, but not in Goloka. They are in another realm, right? In, in, in the Vaikuntha realm. Uh, but they are with Krishna, but not in Goloka. And that's fine. But they come again and again with Krishna to, uh, to the material world. Yeah, that's their compassion and their mercy. I like that idea myself. It feels inspiring. I kind of think it's a good idea to also go back and do something. But first go to the spiritual world. Possible. Very much hope we won't have to. Well, you you won't have to return for us. I hope so. No, 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 no I just do it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch your tongue is movement to score. Man. So for fun, I'd like to see the fun. But for a while, I like to see the fun in the spiritual. The next person is sitting in the dark. I can't see who it is. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Does it work? Mm. One of those glitches, eh? Sound, sound, sound. Test, test, test. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Oh, yeah? Can you make it loud? Can you hear me? Now we can. Now we can. Okay. Can you hear myself? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say um, last week, we uh, I and my wife uh, got a son. Oh, so, you got a son. Congratulations. Is he is he strong? So big I would like I would like to ask you uh, what should we as parents do as most important things so the, our son Okay, I'm gonna ask the audience important. about that. Are, are there, I'm gonna ask, are there some parents here? Who has children? Okay, now What's the best thing you can do for your children? I'll ask first the, the, those are older. What's the best thing you can do for your children? Um, yeah, sure. Um, tell them, um, to the, you know, Sodom parties and like, you know, and all these kind of things, you know, like take him to the temple and give him Krishna as much as you can. That's, uh, that is a good advice. Any other uh, parents? Your parents, yes? Respect the will of the child. 
As a parent, he says, respect the free will of the child. Yeah, but the child wants to put its finger in the in the electric socket. <laughs> okay, and the child just wants to run on the street and you know, they got to save to save their life, isn't it? Or just let them run into the car? Huh? From twelve up, huh? Before twelve, but I was already mature when I was much younger. Uh huh. Okay. It's some balance of intelligence. Anyway, he says respect the the freedom of the child, the free will of the child, which is there's a point. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else. No, just love him. Love him. Love him. Love him to death. Okay. Another parent in the corner. What? Love and care. care. Just go love and care as well. <laughs> <laughs> you can love it. You can love it. Care for him as well. Okay. What else? No forcing. No forcing. No forcing. No forcing. That's okay. That is sort of a little similar to to respecting the free will, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. The duty of the parent is to make the child fearless. I can't remember where exactly it is. To make the child fearless. Yeah, make your child fearless. Good luck. <laughs> Children have quite some fear, you know. I, I remember my room was up in the house and I had to go over the big dark attic, you know. Oh God, I knew there were all kinds of little beings there. Something was there in the night, I knew it. So I would go as quick as possible and of course, I was scared. Then one time I, I got I got a cuff and then it went on my chest. And then when I spoke, I sounded like a bear. <laughs> then I also got scared. And I spent the night with my parents in the bed. Yes. You get scared as children, naturally. So that's not so easy to make your child fearless. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and in the end, you know, you also have to see a child is on their own destiny. And as parents, you cannot force their destiny. All you can do as parents to give as many blessings as possible. And then they'll do what they want to do. And they eat nothing you can do about it. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Good on ya. Mate. All right, now I take two questions from the audience here and then we're gonna wrap it up. Yes. Um, I would like to ask, as you said, that uh, Krishna is everywhere in any material thing and any situation. And but this is not real Krishna. This is not genuine Krishna. How can we see a real genuine Krishna who resides eternally in Vrindavan uh, behind these surroundings, being here in material world? All right, so 
she's right that when we see Krishna present in everything, that's only the beginning. Uh, but it's a very important beginning and it's an important step and we can't skip that. Srimad Bhagavatam takes us, takes us through the trouble of explaining in the first canto to Maharaj Pariksit the creation, the process of creation. You think that it's so important to know about the creation? No, the reason why it's important is because we have to see how everything is connected with Krishna. And when we first see everything connected with Krishna, then we start to live in a... Then we start to see Krishna everywhere. We start to think of Krishna all the time. And in this way, we start to serve Krishna. That will bring us to Vrindavan. We start to glorify Krishna. By glorifying Krishna, by serving Krishna, Vrindavan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will bring us to Vrindavan. Chaitanya Krishna, they will bring us to Vrindavan. Go on Ratiyatra, pull the chariot of Lord Jagannath. Lord Jagannath's going back to Vindavan, and the one who pulled the chariot will reach first. Devotional service will bring us to Vindavan. We're in the Sangata movement. Devotional service will bring us to Vindavan. I'm going to Vindavan. Just because of mercy and because of devotional service. Otherwise, I would nicely stay here and get a comfortable place somewhere in the West where I'm well cared for. But I'm going to Vrindavan, although facilities are not ideal. But I'm going there. The hospitals are not like so good. Hospital or no hospital. I'm going to Vrindavan because Krishna is there. Mercy of the devotees, devotional service will take us to will take us there. Otherwise, we will rely too much on material things, material security. Oh, Vrindavan's too hot, I'm not going. Oh, it's dirty, I'm not going. Oh no. Dangerous, I'm not going. Oh God. No, no hospitals in there. No supermarkets. <laughs> Basic things you cannot buy. No. There's no vegetarian cheese in Vrindavan. No. <laughs> How are you going to make it a pizza? Yeah. It's a complicazione. <laughs> We can import it. There are, there are ways, isn't it, Archer? <laughs> Nowadays, you'd be surprised, by right? What you find in Vietnam. It's okay. In Vietnam, I will take only things from Vietnam. I don't want anything brought in. No. I take only what comes from the bottom. That's what I do. Yes, sir. 
Uh, when you said saying follow your taste. When I'm saying follow your taste, is that what I was saying? Well, you know, I said it in the past, but I didn't say today. I said that that's the real, the real meaning in life. That's what makes everything meaningful. Without it, no taste, not meaningful, isn't it? You know, if you live a life without taste, it's not meaningful. That's what I said. You're almost living dead, I said. What if most of your taste is in material things? And... Yeah, but that gets, then you, you know, it's like, then you get, uh, you get the pain that comes from it. Material things, they are, they get pain. Yeah. It's like you have a nice computer. I know that. <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> I just want to thank you. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have another one too, <laughs> which is your computer. Um, that's the Apple, I know. <laughs> that's the, the Apple. But the point is, is you like electronics a bit, you know, to play with them. But there's so much entanglement, so much, you know, it's just, just, uh, after a while, I just realized this thing, you know, it's not my friend, this machine. It's a product of, 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 it destroys your life, obviously. So all these material things, they, they, they hijack our life. Hey, 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 my car, my car, my car. Tesla. Tesla, Tesla. Yeah, you know, and then you have a Tesla, and ooh, you know, these Teslas. I mean, uh, I've been the passenger in a Tesla, and the thing is, in a normal car, right, you hear like, vroom, vroom, you know, and you know, so that like now we're going, right? not in a Tesla, you don't know when the thing is going. So I'm sitting out of nowhere, it goes, and it's boom every time, slamming my head into the back. Now I know in a Tesla. Leave your head back in the beginning. <laughs> Take my advice, you know. And when you're driving a Tesla, put your head back straight away, you know, because otherwise you're going to slam it on the chair, you know. But it's not all rosy. Yeah, so material things give pain. That's the thing. In the beginning, we are attached, we, we enjoy, but then. Pain comes, the bills come. It's not worth it. That's maturity. And we realize it's not worth it. Just like one thing on that. So in the in-between phase, still not, still have the big, the big, I should say, to pursue the spiritual things with the same strength that like you pursue material things. So yeah. yeah. Intellectually understand it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, you got to get over that. <laughs> that stage. No, I say, you got to move on. When you're at that stage, just keep on investing on the spiritual side. And then the material will gradually diminish. So that's the solution. Invest in the spiritual side. Yeah. Okay, the last one, and the very last one, and it is, yeah, well, he was first. You're enthusiastic, but he beat you to it. 
Yes, speak loud uh, and clear. Can I, can I ask my question is, uh, you said that we have to engage uh, aviation. Uh, if, if one is already doing uh, some things, engaging with nature, but we have to do more and more for Krishna to conquer him, uh, what, what we can do if, if one already engaged his time for Krishna? It's not all about engaging your nature. It's also about doing the needful and doing something special, but it's kind of natural that our nature is gonna gonna come to the surface. That's also there. Like as I said before, we're good at some things and not good at others. You know, you put me at bookkeeping, right? And for me, the problem is is you calculate everything, and then it doesn't tell you. You know. You're supposed to have a certain amount of money and you're short. There's one euro and 50 cents short. I mean, I am the first one to give a donation of one euro and 50 cents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather not calculate the whole thing again. You know? And when there's extra, I even have a box for the next time that it's short. You know? So in this way, I have a box, I keep the extra. Next time it's short, I'll put it there. I'm good at bookkeeping. You know, creative accounts. Yeah. Anytime. Come to me. But if you want real bookkeeping, then don't come to me. That's not, uh, I'm not good at it. And I don't like it. What it is, it's not my nature. It drives me nuts. But I'll do it if it's necessary. I don't love it. But I love Krishna, so do it for me. Where do you get the money for traveling Krishna? Oh, I used to, uh, you know, I used to, as I said, I used to work in the night for the post for three weeks or four weeks. I make a lot of money like that. You pay uh, double pay. Plus a bonus. That was really good. Yeah, night work, heavy work, but I do it. Okay, walk out with enough cash. And then in India, it's very simple. Yeah. And I travel overland, cheap, under $25 from Amsterdam to Delhi by bus. Bus. Oh, very cheap and best. Like that? Okay, eight years to travel to Europe. Most, mostly overland to India, mostly to India, yeah. Nepal, India, but some or other India. Yeah. I like India. Afghanistan, Iran, Turkey, on the way to. Huh? Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia, Austria. Deutschland. Like Bulgaria. Yes, Bulgaria. Yeah. Nice yoga. <laughs> no, I remember you had to change money at the border and you couldn't spend it in the country because you were only allowed to drive on the highway and you had to arrive at a certain time. And all you could do was people would buy vodka for it because it's all we could buy and sell it later to Turks. 
But I saw the military trucks picking up the people and taking them to work. And I was wondering about that. In the morning, you see all these military people, military trucks picking up people, and there's soldiers with guns sitting on them. I wonder, is this just cheap transport or is this something else? I was wondering about it. And I saw the big posters, hammer and sickle, and men with big hammers and stuff. So I, I don't know. It looked strange. It didn't look nice. It don't in those days, communist days. It looked intense. And we were only allowed to be on the highway. And you had to reach by a certain time or the police would come looking for you. So I didn't go too often to Bulgaria. Okay, well, I thank you for on this Tomastomy evening to spend your time with me and hear my uh, what Tomastomy means to me and I think to all of us. It's a great opportunity for us to connect with Krishna, discover who he is and appreciate. He is so kind to appear in the middle of our ordinary lives. Arrivederci. <laughs> Grazie. Okay, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Sri Krishna Jamastami Kija.